and welcome to the Chord of Three podcast. My name is Spencer, and I get to do this podcast with my lovely wife, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello, everyone. It is great to be back. It seems like, I know we've been kind of off kilter a little bit with the schedule and everything with summer and school getting started back and you moving. We took some breaks. Yeah, we took a few breaks. So, but it is good to be back. If this is your first time listening in uh, to the Court of Three podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, my name is Spencer and my wife, Lisa, and I get to do this podcast. And we have basically three goals for our listeners. Number one, we want you to laugh. Uh, we're going to flaunt our imperfections and believe me, we've got a bunch of them. I probably have way Speak more for yourself. Yeah. Okay. I'll have way more on the imperfections. Uh, sometimes we'll answer and talk about random icebreaker questions. Hopefully, you know, make you laugh a little bit, but we definitely want you to laugh. We also want you to have your emotions moved. Uh, sometimes those are, uh, you know, displayed through a little, you know, shedding of tears. So we're going to tell just kind of some real life stories. And uh, sometimes those may make you cry. Uh, Then we also want you to think. In other words, consider what lies before us. And to think about, you know, challenges that you may face. And uh, so those are the three things that we really uh, are our goals for this podcast. And really, ultimately, in crying and laughing and thinking, uh, we also want it to be a podcast that really honors the Lord and talks about what He does in our life and how He operates in our life. Um, and I know today with what we're going to be talking about with change and navigating change, the Lord plays a huge part in sometimes creating that change for us, but also giving us the wisdom and how we navigate that change. So, uh, again, if you are just now tuning tuning in and listening to us for the first time, uh, I uh, am on staff of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I serve as a, as a multi-area director for Northeast Georgia area and have 27 counties, a lot of people in my area got probably over 40 staff in my uh, under my leadership and uh I also in my free time um I get to coach football, I get to coach golf, I get to coach soccer with Lisa and um anyway, love being around sports and athletics and coaches and and athletes. So, and then I also do a little thing called the Court of 3 coaching where I coach premarital couples as well as people that are married and um, and they're wanting to get some coaching in their marriage. So I get to do that as well. Lisa, what is it that you do? Oh, a lot. Do I, tell. <laughs> I have um, been a teacher for, I guess, the last 12 years. So teach in third or fourth grade last couple of years it's been third this year will be third again and that's kind of a sweet spot for me so I have this year 
23 students under my tutelage. And this is like one That's of the, one of the largest classes. Yeah, and this is one of the first times that you have been flying solo. Mhm. Yes. Way back in the beginning, I had a large class and self-contained, but um for the last several several years I've had a a teammate, yes, mm-hmm. where we shared some of the responsibilities. And where is it that you teach? Westminster Christian Academy. A sweet, sweet place to be that in, we are very thankful for. In Watkinsville, Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's not to be confused with Westminster in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. Correct. A lot of times people see our shirt and we just... Oh, you must be right, from Westminster. We it's yeah. Westminster. <laughs> yes. Uh, a little bit of a different spelling. Yes. Other than that, I am a wife and a mother and... A coach. A coach. Coach middle school girls soccer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I lead a small group, high school girls at church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do some stuff with ladies as well at church. So. Well, everybody in the state of Georgia should be back to school. If not, you should be starting back this week. Yes. Our school starts back this week. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, welcome back to school. Routine. And routine. Schedule. Sorry the summer's over. But hey, if school's back in session, that means football is back in. There are pros, yes. So, I am excited about fall football. I get to coach football this year. I'm coaching football. I know. Football this this year. is something new for our school and it's it's got a lot of excitement around it. Coaching eight man football. Mm-hmm. People be a often, little different. People often ask me, What's the difference in eight man football and eleven man football? Isn't it? You're playing with eight people versus eleven. Right, math. It's math. Simple math. Just take away Three. Duh. But they mean positions. What what positions are you? Well, you still got a quarterback. Without. You still got a quarterback. You still got linemen. Yes. You still got receivers. You still got running backs. So which one is it that you're you have less of? Uh, well, on the offensive side, you have fewer linemen, mm-hmm. and I- on the defensive side, you have fewer defensive backs okay like we only have one safety in two corners where you know you're taking away another safety maybe another linebacker or an end or something like that so okay, okay. It, it it can vary on the defensive the side, formation just looks formation a little smaller and the field is a little different you're playing yes. on a 40 yard wide field hmm. versus a 53 yard wide field Mm-hmm. Uh, typically an eight-man, you're playing on an 80-yard football field rather than a 100. At Westminster, we're going to be playing on a 100-yard field at home. At home. We may be playing is. on a different size field. Other places. In other places. It just depends okay. on those other those other schools. But eight-man football, can't wait. Um, it's, been a, uh, it's been a real um, unique experience being able to be back on the varsity sideline coaching football. Uh, it's been 11 years since I've coached. So, oh wow, yeah. So glad to be back at it. So you have our court of three coaching icebreaker question for today. Yes. What is that question? I have so, no idea what she's going to say. 
if you could time travel. So that's a time possibility. Travel. You mean right? it's a possibility? If it was, we're, oh, we're imagining. Okay, scenario. Use your imagination. Okay. Time travel, like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Remember that movie? <laughs> we love that movie. Yeah, that was a, a good movie. You can learn some history from that Party movie. on, dude. Dudes. Okay. If time travel was a possibility, where would you choose to go? What era in history? What time period would you want to travel back to and experience it? Oh, man. What would you choose? What would I choose? Mm. Remember, they got in the telephone booth. Yeah, I know. They would get in the telephone booth. <laughs> they would close the door and yeah. dial stuff. Yeah. Like dial. That's funny. We don't even have that's telephone right. they, booths anymore. That's right. And pay phones. Kids don't even know what that is. That what your parents made you care era would I go back to? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Because you're a whole heck of a lot better at this on history. Well, I mean, there's a lot that I... I would find very interesting, but I think if I wanted to stay there for a while, I re- I'm just a Southern girl at heart. I love Gone with the Wind, and I would choose that time period. Now, let me preface that. Again, many, many time periods in history, there are things that we're going to disagree with and how things were done, so... um that's just a matter of fact. History is what it is, and we're supposed to learn from history. But I personally would enjoy going back to an antebellum time period and the big hoop dresses, like I think of the girls in there, <laughs> you know, and you have the balls and you dance. And um, oh, I yes, just, I could I just, just see you in one of them big hoop dresses. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Like Scarlet O'Hare. And then having the, uh, the you'd have a yeah you'd have one of them girls a maid that could help dress you and like you'd have to sense you up mm-hmm. yes <laughs> tight 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 okay but the bonnets the hats and the yes yeah the hat would be just yeah. as wide the the brim of the hat would be just as wide what as is the, dress. the bottom of the dress mm-hmm. and the gentleman was just chivalrous okay I just think of that time period all right. This is gonna sound like this is gonna sound like a I guess a churchy answer. Oh, boy. but I really but I really mean this. Okay, what what? I if I could do time travel, uh-huh. I would want to go and uh, I would want to go and see John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I mean you think about what the yeah. Bible says about him. Um, I mean, he was a wild man. He was a wild man. He what ate honey and locusts? Woolly and wild. Well, yes, know. yeah. I mean, he was. Uh, he was not your, you know, just your typical dude. I mean, you would want to peek into his preaching. Yeah, style. that and In the wilderness. Just the wilderness, the wildness mm. of him. Yeah, mm. that would be mm. probably where I would want to go back to. Mm-hmm. And 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 walk along his side, experience that. That would be that's cool. Yeah, I'd never really thought about that yeah. question. 
ever. Mm-hmm. But now that you bring that up, that's probably what I'd want to do mm-hmm. right there. So that's a good question. Good. And that's a good question that you guys can all ask your people. So, yeah. Um, so today. Yes, we're going to talk about change and just how that um, looks and plays out in our lives. Uh, when we say the word change, everybody, I mean, thinks of something. You think about a, a time that you've had change in your life. Um, and we look around at the world that we've been living in these last several years, especially have undergone a lot of changes. Yeah. I mean, there's been a ton of changes in the last two years mm-hmm. and, you know, thanks to the scamdemic that we've been, you know, walking through. Um, if, if that offends you, sorry. Sorry. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, but, Obviously, uh, that brought about a lot of change, a lot of change. It did. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the way people view employment mm-hmm. to the way v- people view health and the way uh, it impacted travel, the way that it shut down the world, the way that there's just a lot of change that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't so, think we ever... Th- would have dreamed that. No. Yeah. No, yeah. never. Uh-uh. But but it did bring about a lot of change. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have a few thoughts about change, and you may have some that you want to uh, chime in here, Lisa. But here's the thing that I wrote down about change. First of all, change happens to everybody. Yes, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. And there are, at some point in your life, Mm -hmm. whether we like it or not, change will happen. Um, Change is something that can cause stress. It can cause anxiety. It can cause fear, doubt, worry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Change happens in life. It happens in death. It happens in marriage. It happens in careers. And the thing about change is this. You cannot control change. You may try to control change, but I think that's dealing with more of an illusion than anything. Um, You just, you cannot control it, but you can control how you respond when it happens. Yeah, I think that I think you could say that sometimes people resist change, but I still believe that there's going to come a point in time when you can't there's just some things out of your control. I mean, like how the world has changed mm-hmm. and although you can resist all you want, it it changed and some things will never go back. So um you might think, "Well, I'll just resist change," but there comes a point when you can't. So Therefore, it's either am I going to, um, you know, embrace it, embrace the change, or 
or continue to, you know, let that um, rub up against me and rug me the wrong way and right. try to ignore. And that's really not going to work. Right. Um, I think to be, um, we, God desires for us when change comes, he wants us to deal with it in a healthy mm-hmm. manner. Well, the way I look at it is you can either be a blockbuster or you can be a Netflix and what I mean by that is this. Mm, yes. So when all That's of the right. when all of the media became available through streaming and online and online delivery systems and that way Blockbuster resisted that. It resisted and it and it, and it did not move in that direction. Mhm. And I believe they, they actually had people within they, the company that were trying. It wouldn't work. Right. That were these visionaries and trying to say, we need to shift. We need to shift. We need to shift. And the leaders were digging their and heels in. And they dug their heels in to say, no, we're the VHS. Yeah. And, and where are they it, now? <laughs> they are now Anytime yeah. Fitnesses. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Or, or pizza places. Pizza or, places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the two blockbusters in our area, the one in Athens and the one in the one in Winder, mm-hmm. they're both Anytime Fitness mm-hmm. exercise they are. places. They're That's it. So Blockbuster is no And we more. all went there. I mean, oh, I yeah. grew up going to Blockbuster oh, it was Video. Awesome. Going and getting your v- DVDs. Yeah. It was movie night. And if they only had like four, you're, you're out of luck. Yeah. Like, they're gone. That's if you right. waited till Friday night, they were gone. But Netflix comes out. Mm-hmm. Shoot. And now they have subscription service and they've got recurring revenue and they're a multi-billion dollar industry now. So you're saying with change, go back to what you're saying that we're either the blockbuster and we're not going to. You're going to resist it. Embrace it. And, and get go left behind. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to get left mm-hmm. behind. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to be irrelevant. Yeah. Pretty much. So well, I think you lose your, your you lose your influence. You lose your influence. Clearly. Um, whether your job, your what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and when you resist change that's happening in your in your kids and your careers, mm-hmm. your jobs, your uh, your churches, your churches are going to go through changes. Um, if your church is still operating like it is in the nineteen eighties, you're way behind. Mm-hmm. It's way behind. Yeah, and and you need to stop resisting the change and you need to be get, come into the tw- what 21st century you yeah. know mm-hmm. like come on <laughs> you ain't in the 20th century we in the 21st right so people have to embrace the change that happens you may not like it um but well, you got to embrace it and i was Doing, and learn from it and grow from it. Yeah, sure. I was doing a Bible study and the name of it was Signpost in a Broken World. So we would all agree since Genesis and the fall, sin entered and we live in a broken world. But yet we as believers, as Christ followers, we're supposed to be these signposts, these this guiding light to non-believers to the rest of the world and i think about change if if we're the ones resisting it instead of embracing there again we're, we're not able to be agents of change that he wants us to mm-hmm. be 
Mm-hmm. That's a great point. That's a great point. One of the other things that I made a note of is that God never changes. That's right. And that's an important part of what we're going to talk about here mm-hmm. in some changes that we are actually walking through right now and how we're navigating some of those changes. But the fact that God never changes, that he's always constant. He is always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always faithful. He's always loving. His character never changes. He's 100% dependable. There's nothing that is impossible with him. Mm. Um, he, he restores. He redeems. He adopts. He uh, loves. He forgives. And the amount of love that he has for me is the same amount of love that he has for Lisa and the same amount of love he has for everybody in the world. And he never changes. Um, the, the, like the shadows that, you know, shift, um, or as the wind blows, the, the, the moves, the, the clouds move as the wind blows the waves in the sea and toss to and fro that's not who God is. God is constant. And because of that, those truths, all those things you just listed and named out, those truths are promises, and that gives us a firm foundation to withstand changes. Yes. I mean, that's how we're able to deal with it, is having that hope Knowing he doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So, Lisa, what are some changes that we're walking through right now, and how are we navigating it? That's the question that we're going to talk about. What are some changes that we are walking through right now at our stage of life? We're mm-hmm. we're about to celebrate our twenty eighth anniversary. Mm-hmm. We have a, a month. tomorrow uh, is Tyler, our oldest birthday. He'll be yes. twenty five. Mm-hmm. We have a 21-year-old, and Elizabeth is 17. So we have quite a few changes. Yeah, so a lot of the changes, you, you know, talking about the kids, a change is that we only have one in the house. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been the case since 25 years ago when it was just Tyler and he was the first, you know, and it was a baby in the house. But now we have just the last child here at 17. And even though we're not empty nesters because she's still here, it's, it's still a a different dynamic because she drives, she works, she has her activities and social life. So it is still a lot of times just us. Just us. Mm -hmm. That's been a change. It's, you know, even just down to, Figure out dinners and what are we going to do? But it's been really nice. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Again, it's it's a change. I, I miss, you know, sometimes the, the full house, the loud, the yelling. We were laughing today about some of the, 
things that the kids did, the boys did, but um, we would yell. But yeah, you know, it's 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 a change. It's a change. That's a change that I have looked forward to. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. that, yeah. not that I'm you know ready for my kids to all be out of the and house. wishing them to be out. No, them, but it's but, it's what we raised them for. It's but the thing is, is that we have our kids under our roof for about eighteen years, and they're going to yeah. spend more of mm-hmm. their life outside of our home mm-hmm. than they are inside. Mm-hmm. So that means that what we've had to do is to prepare them for a yes. life on their own yeah. because they're going to leave and they're yeah. going to do life on their own. And you, you want that for and them. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that change is inevitable. So mm-hmm. you got to prepare for it. So, uh, so speaking of kids uh-huh. and now we're moving into this area of parenting adult children. Yes. Um, very different, very, very different. What are some of the things that, uh, you've um, you've seen that we have had to navigate through in parenting adult children. Both boys have full time jobs. Yes, I was going to say just f- making the time to see each other, to be together, mm-hmm. and I guess it's even harder to get all five together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be just a little as bit they're of a out on their own working jobs. We have things and activity. You know, it's they just, have their relationships. Yeah, yeah. with mm-hmm. significant mm-hmm. others. Right. So that's a a change. So in parenting adult children, uh-huh. what uh, what would you say are some other challenges that that we've had to deal with? Challenges. Yeah, challenges. Communication. Has that been a challenge for you? No. No? No. Okay. Why Mm -hmm. not? I don't know. Sometimes I think it's even been better that... I mean, it depends on which kid you're talking about because they have different personalities, but... No. I thought we were talking about changes. You're confusing me. Well, that's part of it. Um, no. No? <laughs> no. You're getting off track. No, we're talking about changes. We're talking about how they live out on their own now. And and the change, okay, what comes with the changes? yeah, us finding time to spend time with them, to be intentional, to be purposeful, to you know, gather back together, all of us, to see each other. I, I don't think communication is not with me. Hmm. No, we text, we call. Mm-mm. And I text, I mean, I, mean, I text them too, and I'll, I mean, I'll pick up, I'll pick up the phone and call. I think for me, what I want to make sure of is that, is that my boys know that dad loves them. They do know that. And I, I, I think what I've seen is change has brought about just a, another level 
a deeper level of the relationship that, you know, they call you and they ask for advice or they call me and say, hey, mom, what was the recipe or how do you do this or, you know, teach me about this or where'd you buy this? Like, it's just another level to the relationship now that mm-hmm. it's sweet. It's a, um, you know, somewhat of that friendship now that you can have as well. Yeah. Still guiding, you know. Yeah, and that's another challenge is when do you, um, you know, this at this stage, you know, just let, I mean, for the most part, we've made decisions for them, but now it's mm-hmm. like they're on. They make their own. They're making their own. Mm-hmm. And do you step in regardless and voice your opinion or do you just let it play out? And if, and you know, it may not be the wisest decision that they're, they're making. Um, or you may feel like it's not the wisest choice that they're making. Do you step in and say so? Yeah, there's a balance there. Definitely. Or do you just let it play out and make sure that you are a safe, soft spot to land when things come, you know, I definitely say that would be the goal. Yeah. And, Maybe it would depend on, you know, specifically what the situation is. But, you know, if it's something that is not, I guess, outright harming them or anyone else at the moment. Again, as you shift into that more of a a coaching role for them, if you want to say, okay, that we're on the sidelines now and we can... Yell the play out to them, but they're really the ones that have got to execute it, right, on the field. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And so as they ask, certainly be willing, you know, to to share wisdom. But at the same time, I think it's good to maybe just talk through things with them, make sure the lines of communication are open, like you said, so that it is a safe place, but not always tell them. We want to help them figure out and have ownership of things. Yeah, and that comes down it's to hard. asking good questions without it, it feeling you've judgmental. Taught me that. Yes, you've taught me that. Well, and and really listening to them. Right. Too. A lot of times is they just process themselves and talk through it they come to a realization mm-hmm. if we don't pounce. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. So you're walking through some changes. Mm-hmm. We with too, health. With some health concerns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk a little about, about what you're dealing with? Sure. So we knew when I found... And was reunited with birth family. And then I could finally find out my family history. <laughs> Up until that point, mm-hmm. all of my medical charts said, not known, not known, not known. <laughs> and it, it, sometimes it was kind of comical. I'd go to the doctor and they would forget, you know, from yearly visits or whatever and checkups. And they would always be about to begin at now anything, anything that you need to update. with, And then they would like flip my chart and go. Oh, right. You're adopted. You don't know. So um, when I did uh, 
learn a little bit more about this about 10 or so years ago, we found out that paternal, uh, maternal grandmother and then birth mom both have macular degeneration mm-hmm. with eyes. And so I began to go to the ophthalmologist and I, I shared that now I knew this. And the first few years, nothing showed up. They said there wasn't really any sign. And then a couple of years ago, they did say that they could see the evidences of the degeneration occurring in both of my eyes. So I could just tell over the last year that it was getting worse. And I couldn't maybe necessarily put my finger on specifically what was getting worse, but just at times night, um, blurs, sometimes uh, contrasts, colors, shadows, things like that, that, you know, affect it. And so y'all had been on to me, go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. And so I finally, I did get an appointment and went. And then from that ophthalmologist was then referred to a retina specialist, just seeing that other things were going on here. And it was really more than what just the regular eye doctor would do. This is, you know, needed a little more intense look at. So went to the retina specialist and spent several hours there doing mm-hmm. many, many tests. That was a lot. Diagnostic things. Um, and what came out of that is that basically he said there is a lot of atrophy and degeneration on the entire retina. Right. So the macular degeneration is there, which is hereditary, but he also believes there's other um, eye diseases that are affecting my sight. So we did genetic testing, Mm -hmm. sent that off through the doctor's office helping, and we have a follow-up appointment scheduled in a couple of months to go back and learn the results from that. And our prayer has just been that the results would be conclusive to tell more specifically what is going on with my eyes so that then the doctors and the specialists could give a better prognosis or um, treatment if there is something. Because uh, right now we just don't know a lot. Yeah, we don't really know a lot. Mm-mm. And, you know, part of it is just, all right, when this is a, this is something that we can't control, Mm-mm. there's no cure for no. it. And how do we, how do we navigate yeah. this moving forward? And, you know, for, for me, um, I have, it has been something that has tempered me and made me more hmm. compassionate towards you because there were times where you know you you would miss something or you didn't see something or along those lines and I didn't fully comprehend what all was going on and I would say I would ask you a question and it would come across as condescending 
and not very compassionate towards you. Like you can't see that, you know? And I didn't realize how hurtful that Mm -hmm. question was when it came out. But after going to the, to the retina specialist, uh, here in Athens and walking through all those tests that, that you did and the scans on the eyes. Um, and then, you know, just having the word, um, you know, that this is genetic, there's no cure. Um, we've got to do some testing to determine what the long-term prognosis is and to also help us with whatever preparation that might be. And, you know, I think, you know, if you're wondering what macular degeneration is, basically it's the loss of central vision. Mm-hmm. Lisa can see, you know, peripheral, uh, but, but there's that the center focus. That's, yeah. There's yeah. the loss of that, mm-hmm. you know, central vision. And so things in our life have changed. Uh, already um from how frequently you drive to um you know just even need help on curbs and yeah right yeah things i can't quickly focus on to Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so uh even recognizing people you know Mm -hmm. um and not being able to say, you know, who's who, you know, they're 25, 30 yards from you. Um, and realizing all of that has been something that has, um, I have taken for granted with my own eyesight. And I have to be, and I have become, I hope, more compassionate and tender and, you know, just like you walked with me through my time with my depression and anxiety. And, you know, I think at that point, our love just went a whole lot deeper at that point, you know, mm-hmm. back in 17. Mm-hmm. Um, my love for you went a whole lot deeper uh, over these last few weeks of walking through that. Um, and I think that is where we navigate the change is that where some couples, when change happens, they deal with it individually. They deal with it on their own time in their own way. Whereas for us, you know, that passage of scripture that we call, you know, that we've named this podcast after the core to three podcast that cord of three strands is not easily broken. That cord of three strands being you, me, and the Lord. And he's the common thread between us and holds us together. And he's the one that is going to, he's the one that is leading us through this. He's the one that's giving us strength to walk through this. He's the one that is um, uh, deepening and strengthening our love for each other. And we take on this change and this challenge and we're not fearful, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, there's been some sadness, there's been some 
sure, to your emotions. shit and emotions. And there will and, be. You know, but it, we're not afraid of what's going to happen come October when we have that next appointment. Um, this is just another, you know, another challenge, another uh, thing that we're having to face that we're just going to trust that God's going to provide and make a way, whatever that is, you know, um, and we're going to follow him and his leadership. Sure. Absolutely. So that's how we navigate it. It sounds like, man, that's really, really simple. But change is still hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, um, it is. Definitely but, hard. But again, I think the key is going back to, but he never changes. Psalm 115.3, God is in heaven and he does what he pleases. Mm-hmm. So who am I to question? You know? I, I, I'm, I'm to trust. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So there may be changes uh, that you are walking through and they're challenging. They've created stress. They've created fear. They've brought about anxiety. I hope that what you've heard Lisa and I talk about to, uh, today is that, you know, some of the changes that we're having to face and walk through even now and that those uh, that those stories bring you encouragement and hope in the fact that, um, number one, if you're married, you walk through the change together. Yes. Don't do it individually. No, let that draw you closer. Let it draw Lean you closer. Lean into each other. Yes, definitely. Lean into each other. Walk through it together. Be there for them and depend on one another. Yes. And if it is your job, your kids, your health, whatever it is, Know that the Lord is with you. He is for you. He's not against you. And that whatever, and and I call this, you know, when I'm working out or something like this, but I'll, you embrace the suck. You embrace the suck. This is something, this is a sucky time for us to walk through some loss of eyesight. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. But let's embrace it. And grow from it, you know, are there sucky things that you guys will go through in your marriages and your families? Yes, Yes. there are. You can either resist it and let it frustrate you, or you can embrace it and let it grow you and let it shape you. Mm. So, uh, with that, um, if there is anything going on in your lives that Lisa and I can pray about for, please email us at, the court of three at gmail.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, we would love to be able to join you in prayer. If this is a podcast that has meant something to you, please share it. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to it on your podcast. Let us know and tell other people um, about uh, how you are encouraged with what we talk about here. Lisa, you got anything? Nope. No final words? Nope. Nope. You just tired. You just ready to go to bed. Ready to get this week started. I got-
Got to get this week started. Got to get this week started. Change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. I'm going to embrace it. Hey, well, we love you guys. Thank you so much again for joining us. We hope you have a great week this week. Yes. Peace out.